Hey, guess what? It's Amen, Brother Ben. It's a podcast that keeps you focused on God and acting like Jesus. I'm sure that you are hanging on the edge of your seat going, where? Where was the next episode? He said he was going to the mountains, and he said, and then he never, we never heard from him again. Well, I didn't almost die, although if walking like three miles is pretty close as that gets for a fat boy like me. Uh, we are back, and we are here to continue the show. The show must go on. The show must go on. I really did try. I, I don't know if you noticed the last episode. I said, I'm going to try to do some podcasts from the mountains. I'm going to do a podcast on top of a mountain. How epic would that be? Only problem with that is there's absolutely no cell signal up there. So I, I went, I even brought on a little microphone. I was going to plug it into my cell phone. I was going to walk in nature petting deers and drinking from the stream and, and, and walking around nude. Not really. It's too, too much, <laughs> but I didn't no signal. So I'm back. So we're going to catch up, play a little catch up this week. We're talking about Jehovah's witnesses in our series called fake news versus good news. And, um, I hope that this has been informative to you. And again, I, I remind you yet again, I'm giving you information here not to argue or pick a fight or bludgeon someone with, but to know, to affirm your own Christianity and to uh, make sure that that we are prayer, prayerfully and lovingly engaging people that believe something different than us, right? So we want to we want to solidify what this whole eight weeks of sermons have been about is let's point out the counterfeit let's solidify the truth and then let's go out prepared and equipped to speak the truth and love to those people so that they uh, not so that we can beat them in an argument right but so that we can win them back uh, in the name of jesus so uh we're talking about different issues with jehovah's witnesses we talked about uh, how they believe there's only one name for god we know from, I don't know, the Bible that there are other names for God, and that's okay. Um, and you can go back and listen to Sunday's message. It is, they've been having some issues uh, exporting. I don't know if some Jehovah's Witnesses hacked into our editor's computer, uh, but she's having some issues posting it. So it may or may not be up, but you can watch the live stream on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Um, although, man, really, there must be like a, a tech person that's in the Jehovah's Witness church because... Also, we were having troubles getting the the sermon notes to display on Sunday uh, to the to the live stream. Hmm, I have to investigate that. I have to get my own uh, Orthodox Christian non denominational hacker uh, to to take care of that. But anyway, um, I, hey, listen, I'm sorry I'm a little talkative today. I've been in the mountains with four kids. Okay, it's I'm just glad to be back and alive. Um, let's talk about something else that Jehovah's Witnesses uh, believe in that, or actually they don't believe in that they, they teach against, which is, a, and it's very, I think it's a lot of people know about this because it's, it's kind of odd. There's no other that I know of, no other mainstream religions that have a, a doctrine against blood transfusions. They do not allow their members to accept blood transfusions when they're being medically treated. And uh, if they do so and they don't repent, then they'll, they're, they're shunned from the church. They're out. That's a, that's a deal breaker to them. 
which is kind of that goes more into the culture that we're going to talk about more this week about what is essential and what is not essential. What does grace look like? But that's one of the next couple episodes here. We're going to talk about that. But let's just talk about this idea of the, a blood transfusion and why it's uh, prohibited to them because they will go to great lengths. There, there have been occasions where Jehovah's Witness elders have showed up in the hospital room. My wife as a nurse can attest to this and reminded that they're, you know, and talks with nurses and talks with their patient, their church member said, you know, you can't receive a blood transfusion. They get that allegedly from Acts chapter 15. So let's go there. Acts chapter 15 is the place of the Jerusalem council. This is a, this is kind of a get together of the new Testament church as they start to uh, iron out some doctrines. They start to make some changes. They start to make sure that these non-Jewish people and these Jewish people that both believe in Jesus can can get along and 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 work together. And in verse, let's see, it was in verse 29, um, as they're talking about Paul and Barnabas, Peter and all them, they're, they're talking about what's going on. And it says, um, you must, says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. They're saying, hey, as we're figuring these things out, don't worry about all the the past Jewish law. If you, the hoof of this animal and the, you know, you got to be outside the camp for seven days, and all that stuff. This was the few requirements. And they said, you must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. Peace. I didn't say peace. That was my own thing. Anyway, this was kind of the letter to the Gentile believers saying, okay, if, as long as you do these things, as Jewish people, we're, we may continue to do these things, we may not, but as long as you Gentiles who are not used to the Old Testament systems, if you will make sure that you you abstain from eating food. Uh, now, I read the NLT, by the way. I, re, I just read the New Living Translation, which is a thought-for-thought um, translation of the Bible. Let's go to a word for word translation and let's see how now it starts to get uh, a little cloudier here. Uh, it says uh, in the same verse says you, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. So the sentence sentence structure is a little different, but because the way they wrote and the way they talked and it's another language. The, the New Testament was written in Greek and Aramaic. And so there are, there are other things to consider. And so the sentence structure could kind of go either side. You, I could see how you could read that without context and go abstain from A, blood, uh, uh, food sacrifice from idols, B, blood, C, what has been strangled. But that's really all kind of one area. And not that we would, um, not that touching someone's blood makes you dirty or getting someone else's blood in you is dirty, um, but that you wouldn't consume it, like eat it, because that was what a lot of the pagan religions of the time did. And this was something that, again, God as a symbol, um, you know, back in the Old Testament said, don't, don't drink blood like those crazy pagans out there that are sacrificing babies and doing all sorts of weird stuff to gods that are not me. So this is kind of a little bit of a carryover from the guarding against idols. That's why that whole sentence started saying 
abstain from food that's been sacrificed to idols. It's not that anything was wrong with the food. It was the idolatry that's a part of that. Same thing with the blood. And the New Living Translation, again, translates thought for thought. It takes into account um, the, the sentence structures and the, the, the linguistics uh, of the translation instead of going word for word. I think there's benefit to both, by the way. Some people don't like the NLT and some of these other Bible translations that are thought for thought. I think you can be careful. You should be careful with that. But I think you, if, I mean, you could spread out 10 different uh, translations and get the general idea. And so, the, and if anybody that knows knows history and knows uh, what what's going on there knows that um, that verse does not prohibit blood transfusions. In fact, nobody thought that until about 1945, when the Jehovah's Witness put that into effect. No one had it. Of course, you didn't. Really, you weren't really trans uh, transfusion uh, transfusing blood uh, before that time. Med- medicine has moved forward some, but there was not that specific type of application. So all in all, I really wish that um, the Jehovah's Witnesses would take uh, their cue from Romans 14, where, hey, if you guys don't feel like, uh, Romans 14 says basically, hey, if, if w- whether you eat or some of the activities that you partake in, they may not necessarily be sinful to everybody. But if, if it violates your conscience, then hey, don't do that. That's, that's sin for you to violate your own conscience if you don't think God wants you to do something. But don't put that on other people. And that's that's where the Jehovah Witnesses get get off down the wrong path. Is they think that rhema for them, that truth for them, means everybody's got to do it, and if not, you're damned. And so that goes into a lot more of the thinking of the church, which we'll continue exploring this week on Amen Brother Ben. AmenBen.com if you need anything. We'll be back with another episode before you know it.